Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez on ESPN 580 Orlando. It is our number two, and we're going to do a little something different here in the second hour of the show today. Let me give you the backstory. Because this past Tuesday night, I'm sitting there at Inez Manor uh, watching a blowout NBA playoff game and decide, okay, I've had enough. No moss. Uh, so I switch on over to Netflix, as I am accustomed to doing at Inez Manor, and up pops a prompt for a long time coming. A 1955 baseball story. Well, uh, if, if you have been listening to this show for quite a while, you know I am a sucker for a really good sports documentary. Uh, I opened it and it says, participants recall the first integrated Little League game played in the racially segregated South during the summer of 1955 in, get this, Orlando, Florida. Now, my first reaction to that, folks, was embarrassment. Because after being here in Orlando for, gosh, I've lived here for 38 years now, I, I must admit to you, I didn't know uh, anything about this game played in the summer of 1955. So my reaction as I watched the documentary on Tuesday night was, I've got to talk about this on the air. And, and I've got to get some of the participants on the air with me because many of the participants still live here in Orlando. And it took a few days of legwork to work out. But today I am honored to have one of the stars of Long Time Coming, Mr. Stuart Hall, is here. And Stuart actually participated in the game with the black players from Pensacola. And, and Stuart is featured in the film. We're also going to have Ted Haddock on. He is the producer of the film as well. But let's let's welcome in Stuart Hall here. And Stuart, it, it, it's an honor. It, it took me a few days to track you down, sir. I finally did. And it is an honor to have you on the program. Welcome to ESPN Afternoons with Scott well, Inez. Uh, thank you very much, Scott. I'll tell you, it was a real surprise to hear from you when you called my house. I wasn't sure where I was getting a, <laughs> a prank call or this right. was for real. Right. But it, uh, it really uh, cemented in my mind the important message that this that's contained in this film and I hope many, many people will get to see it as it hit Netflix on Tuesday. Right. And it, uh, what I'm hearing, it's really starting to spread. It hit uh, social media. Right. A lot of my high school friends, even people as far away as Virginia, have called me and said, oh, my gosh, hmm. Stuart, what a story. It it's is. It's a great, great message. It really that, is. Yeah. It, it, it's a great message, yeah. and it's a great story. Mm. L- let's begin with this, because I, I said I was embarrassed to learn of the game, and I've been here 38 years. I know you've been here in Orlando your entire life. I didn't even know about this game. How how does one get a producer like a Ted Haddock to get interested in doing a documentary about this game that happened what 64 years ago now? Well, actually, uh, it, this is this happened because of Ted's initiative. He just happened to be, as I understand it, Ted was at uh, a city council meeting. Uh, oh, no, several years ago, mm-hmm. and he was trying to do something to memorialize 
the, uh, when they were tearing down Tinker Field. Right. And uh, he had written a book about all the black players who had been through there that are now in the Hall of Fame. But in telling that story, making an appeal to the city council, one of her council members, Robert Stewart, said, told him afterwards, Ted, if you're interested in that kind of thing, let me tell you about a Little League game that happened way back in the 50s. Well, of course, Ted's first question is, gee, you think any of those guys are still living? Sure. <laughs> and he said, well, I know a couple that are. Yeah. And so he made the call to my friend Gary Fleming. Gary called me, and he said, these guys want to talk about that game, Stuart. They might want to do a documentary and so forth about it. My first question, Scott, was, well, which way are they going on it? Sure. Oh, are absolutely. Gonna, are we going to sure. look like a bunch of right. uh, buffoons, or are right. they going to tell the story as it happened? And they, they uh, convinced us uh, it would be truthful, it would be uh, forthright, and they stuck to that. They did a great job with it. They really did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and, and as I told you on the phone the other day, I watched it with my wife, and we were both in tears. Uh, by the end of the documentary, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you in today is that while we've come a long way in terms of race relations, we've got a long way to go. But back in 1955, you grew up here in Orlando. Yes. We talked about it on the phone. Yes. It was a great little town Wonderful. here, mm-hmm. but it was the segregated South. So obviously it, it was outside of your world as a 12-year-old kid. It was a racially charged atmosphere here in the South. And you had this, this Little League team here in Orlando that really made up of 11, 12, 13-year-old kids, I assume, really didn't know what was going on outside of your world. And I think that came across in the documentary, Stuart. That's uh, that's exactly right. Uh, bear in mind now, we're 11 and 12 years old, first of all. And um, some, of the, some of it is kind of vague to us. But I, I know that the way we look at it, we sort of lived in one part of town and the black community was in another part of town. Mm-hmm. And we just never ran into each other. Right. Uh, I, I, some people might say, well, we just never really thought about segregation, integration, but I think we did. Mm. But we were young, mm-hmm. and uh, we just had not had any contact with uh, that side of the community. I'll tell you, that, uh, Scott, something that I thought about uh, as I've reviewed this film. I guess I've seen it 20 times. <laughs> I think in that game in mm. August of 1955, these two teams actually bonded with one another, but we didn't know it until 61 years later about that? when we met each other. Is that amazing? Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's outstanding, and, and the way the documentary goes, by the way, if you're just joining us, ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez, I've got Stuart Hall in. He is, he's the star if you will, of the, (laughs) I know you don't want me to say that, but you're certainly featured in the documentary, long time coming 1955 baseball story. Um, and it was the first integrated little league game played in the segregated South here in Orlando in 1955 was actually played what Lorna Dune park, which is right near camping world stadium. Um, but, but let's talk about, um, the background going into this game because the documentary does such a great job in discussing the fact that nobody up there in the Pensacola area wanted to play this black team from Pensacola. Nobody would. And all of a sudden uh, they get a couple of forfeit wins because none of the white teams would play the Pensacola team up there. And, And then they come to Orlando after a vote that was taken here 
by your team as to whether you wanted to play the black team or not. Talk about that, if you would, Stuart. Well, here's a couple of things I, re- I remember about that, or at least that they filled in some of the blanks. Mm-hmm. When, it, uh, when it first came up, um, you know, it went to the city council. The city council went to the mayor. The mayor said, well, let's get a legal opinion. Fortunately, they did a smart thing. He came back and said, you know, it's not our problem. Mm. It's Little League's problem. Right. Let them resolve it. A very, very smart move on their part. Um, so then from Little League, it goes to the coaches, to the coaches. Well, let's, let's ask the parents. The parents said, well, why not let the kids decide? Mm. We said, we just want to play ball. Right. It never entered our mind not to play. Yeah. And so that's how it happened. I think another interesting thing about that, the Pensacola team was notified only a couple of days before that game was to be played. They had very little time to get down here. I remember one of the coaches uh, in one of the articles that he had to round up the boys, Mm -hmm. had to find them first of all. He had to find a way to get them down here, find some people that would drive, and then tried to get down to the San Juan Hotel uh, with the meeting they were having at uh, 8 o'clock. He had to be there by 8 or he would be out. He arrived at 10 minutes after 8. Wow. The coaches, other coaches said, they made the effort, let's let them play. Mm -hmm. And that's how it got to that game. I think the first game they had a bye Mm -hmm. in the first game, and then their actual first game was with us. Okay, and and of course Orlando would win that game over the the black team from Pensacola, uh, five to nothing. That was illustrated in the uh, in the documentary. So, tell me about the time the Pensacola team comes to the field for the first time, and you see the the the, the Pensacola boys getting. I, I assume they arrived in buses yep. or they're they're getting off their buses and. Um, I, I know that the stands at that particular time for that game were chock full of people wanting to see this game, but as, as you're looking at these boys from Pensacola getting off the buses, what, what comes to mind? What were you thinking at that particular point? I mean, were you thinking, okay, 64 years later, I'm going to be talking about this day. I mean, (laughs) what what are you thinking? That of course never entered our mind. I think the, the, the thing that we were impressed with is how orderly how well-behaved uh, the team was. Those coaches, the two coaches for the Pensacola team were outstanding gentlemen. They got off that bus in single file. They went right into the uh, dugout, and as I recall, they kind of circled up, and they said the Lord's Prayer before the game. How about that? That was very, very impressive to us, mm-hmm. and we still have that in our minds. But through the through the whole thing, you know, I think we just said it's another ball game. We may have, maybe, we've, Felt something differently, Scott, but I don't. To a person on the Orlando team, no one remembers feeling any differently than it's another game. How about that? Yeah. And, and, but I'm sure on the other side, and, and this was illustrated during the documentary as well. I'm sure the other side, um, there were butterflies a churning on the other side because here you have, you know, probably the first time that this black team from Pensacola had faced a white team on the other side of the field, Stewart. I, I, I feel certain that they they were nervous about it. Uh, the, the stands were predominantly uh, white uh, people in the, uh, there were a contingent of uh, the black community to see the game, but predominantly white. Yeah, they had to be uh, young boys. and so, But I think the coaches had prepared them very, very well. They had stayed in a hotel in Orlando without problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd eaten in several different places, no problem. We're not aware of, of there being any kind of a 
racial slur or anything anything Mm -hmm. like that while they stayed in Orlando. Yeah. You know, I think it it also laid the groundwork for Orlando because we got past that particular uh, racial uh, challenge, you know, that it set the stage later when uh, the I know the black community, when I was a little bit older, wanted to march on City Hall and they wanted to establish their rights. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with the separate drinking fountains and bathrooms. And uh, our mayor made a marvelous decision. He said, take the signs down. Mm-hmm. And it, there's no rioting or anything. We just, uh, I think they just... Uh, said, this is something we need to do. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a thrill to have you in here. We're, we're going to break. Come on back and and talk more to Stuart Hall, doing something a little bit different on the show today. We're talking about a film that I watched the other night on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, it, it's it, it's about one of the most important events to me in, in sports in America. A Little League game played here in Orlando in 1955 between a white team from Orlando and a black team from Pensacola. I have with me in studio Stuart Hall. He took part in that game. A native Orlandoan is Stuart. Uh, the producer of the film, Ted Haddock, will be along for the ride later on. He's a longtime Central Floridian as well. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. What was it like to get together 64 years later with the black players from Pensacola? That's coming up ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. This is ESPN Afternoons with the voice of the Orlando Magic fan, Scott Inez, on ESPN 580 Orlando. Hey, welcome back to ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. I was greatly looking forward to this show, this hour, all day long. Stuart Hall is in. Stuart uh, was a member of that Orlando Little League team back in 1955 that took on, for the very first time that we know of in the segregated South, a black Little League team from Pensacola. They met here in Orlando at uh, Lake Lorna Dune Park right next to Camping World Stadium. Um, and it is illustrated in this uh, wonderful new documentary uh, that is on Netflix right now. I watched it on Tuesday night. It was outstanding. A 1955 baseball story. Long time coming. Check it out. Uh, and it, uh, it says participants recall the first integrated Little League game played in the racially segregated South during the summer of 1955, and it happened right here in Orlando. And again, I am embarrassed knowing that I am Mr. Orlando. I did not even know about this game, but Stuart Hall is here, and he is telling us all about it, and it's great to have Mr. Hall in here on ESPN 580 today. Uh, Stuart, let's get back to, we'll talk about the game, and and I certainly want to get into uh, the insights from you as far as what it was like to meet up with these Pensacola players later on in life, but from your perspective, um, you here in Orlando, like back in the day, back in the 50s, Orlando, as we talked about off the year, was a very small town, right? It was a very small town, and I think that was that was illustrated during the documentary. What, what a great town it was to grow up in. And you knew, being a, a, a white boy growing up in Orlando, that you, you lived in one part of town and, and black people lived in another part of town. And then it went in to describe the Pensacola players and what their lives were like back in the 50s. And you juxtapose the white players' lives and the black players' lives back in the 50s. It really was remarkable. I didn't even know that there was actually a curfew for black people in the city of Pensacola. They had to be in their homes by 6 p.m. 
Um, and, and I know that it, this documentary probably opened your eyes a little bit, too, to some of this stuff that was going on back then. Well, it really did, Scott. Um, when I think, I think you saw in the documentary, almost to a person, we talked about how wonderful it was to grow up in Orlando. Mm-hmm. What a marvelous time it was. But it took that documentary for me to realize it wasn't a great time for everyone. Right. I didn't know that. Right. Uh, it, we were one side of town, and they were on another side of town. And mm. We just didn't have any contact. I think uh, in that film I mentioned that I had no uh, black friends in um, elementary school, right? Uh, junior high, high school, mm. or college. Wow. It wasn't until my second year in the Air Force when we, uh, I remember his name was Sergeant Scales, was the first black person to come and work in the county uh, finance department. And I remember being enormously nervous to shake his hand. Right. What is it going to be like? What is it going to feel like? And you talked about this during yes. the documentary, yeah. by the way. Well, guess what? It felt just like anybody there else's hand. Go. And there it was a big, big breakthrough uh, for me. Uh, and I'd have to say most of us, uh, all the guys that I've talked with, when we think back in 1955, um, we I don't think we just have a lot of recall about uh, the 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 segregation part of in Orlando. Mm-hmm. We just kind of went about our lives and so did they. And, um, but I can tell you, uh, often this game came up in our mind for, it just kept, we kept being reminded of it over mm-hmm. and over again. We talk about it, uh, t- from time to time when I'd see some of the Orlando players, and we always wondered what happened to the Pensacola team? Yeah. Where those guys yeah. are today? Yeah. What a blessing it was for us that we actually got to meet them and see them again. And it was great to see that on the screen as well. You all getting together with the black players from Pensacola. And it it looked like just a great time had by all. And I want to get into that. But let's talk about the game itself. The Orlando team defeating the Pensacola team 5 to nothing on that August day back Mm -hmm. in 1955. Um what do you remember most about the game, other than you know the the black players obviously filing off the uh, the, uh, the 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 buses w- with a lot of discipline in a single file and saying the Lord's prayer? Is there anything that stands out about that particular game, the five to nothing win by you guys? You know, I, I wish I could tell you there was something. Uh, I don't think any of us have a lot of recall. Sure. We had such a great picture. Um, I'll tell you a little story that I think uh, kind of illustrates that when we first met the black players and they were looking for that pitcher. Mm. Boy, all we remember, he was huge. He was <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that yeah. in the documentary. And they yeah. looked around and yeah. they looked around and they thought it was me. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, I said, no, I played, I'd played first base. Right, right. And uh, they sort of realized, I said, yeah, but you know, I hated playing first base. Right. What? Why did you hate playing first base? I said, well, he was just so lonely down there. I never <laughs> saw you got Well, they got a big kick out of that. And I said, no, meet Johnny Lane. He's the guy that pitched for us. So, but uh, the actual details of the game, uh, we've often wondered, did we shake hands after the game? Mm-hmm. No one remembers. Don't remember, we huh? Did. We don't, yeah. uh, Scott. I wish we had. I wish there was more about it. Mm. As I think I told you, there wasn't even a box score. In the newspaper. That's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. We've got like, it on like every other game. Like, I'm thinking 1955, obviously, WDBO, which was the first radio station yep. in Orlando, must have covered it somehow, some way. But were there any television stations in 55 back then? Uh, uh, if they were, they were certainly in the embryonic stage yeah. of uh, coming to Orlando. Right, right, yeah. Um, 
Well, we just have a few uh, clippings from the newspaper, uh, and that's that's, that's all about we it, have. Huh? But that's why it was so great to see them again because they helped fill in some of the blanks yeah. that we always wondered about. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that. Okay. Stuart Hall is here. He is uh, one of the participants of that uh, historic 1955 game uh, here in Orlando between a white team from Orlando and a black team from Pensacola in the uh, the Little League back in August of 55. It happened right here in Orlando, and it's documented in a great film on Netflix now and uh, a film like this to me is so important it's called long time coming a 1955 baseball story Stuart hall is here so tell me about um now here you are and i, I don't want to pry but i'm i'm assuming that that Stuart hall and most of your friends and the black players are into your mid to upper 70s now um here you are 62 years later or so meeting up with these black players for the very first time since playing them in August of 1955, uh, what was that like for you? Because I know you spent a lot of time with Willie, I believe, in, in the diner. That was great in the documentary. But what was it like spending time with not only Willie, but all of those black players uh, who were uh, who were shown in the film? Well, if you recall, uh, well, here's how that happened. Uh, here in Orlando, when they filmed us first, mm-hmm. And we started asking, well, what about the Pensacola team? And they sought to find them. They found them and said, well, we think we can get you guys together. You want us to bring them down to Orlando? Someone said, you know, they came here last time. Why don't we go to Pensacola? How about that? And so they arranged for us to go there, and we all stayed in the same hotel. Uh-huh. But they asked, y'all don't see each other, stay, stay uh, apart because we want it to be uh, you know, authentic sure. when you see each other the first time. So we get to the, the uh, old ballpark there. We're on the third base side, and they're on the first base side. And I can tell you we're nervous, and we find out later, so are they. Well, uh-huh. Someone looked down at me and said, Stuart, I got butterflies. What <laughs> right, I say? What right. I do? Yeah. I said, fellas, I don't know. but And then we walk out on that pitching mound uh, that we were walked in unison, and uh, when we got to that pitching mound, it's just something – magical happen is that right it just it's hard to explain but the emotions just ran crazy and and it's like we knew each other all our life we were hugging and shaking hands uh-huh. and laughing and crying and talking about that game uh, i was crying at that particular yeah, oh, point well, too it was very powerful i've seen it 20 times yeah and even to think about it right now i can feel myself yeah, starting to well yeah, up. It, yeah. it was an emotional moment and so that's what started. We played ball out on the field. You know, we threw it around to each other and hit some. And just a bunch of old fellas out there mm-hmm. having a great time talking about it. And, and then we were able to go to the diner, uh, an old like an old 50s diner mm-hmm. there in Pensacola, and spend some time uh, talking with one another. We brought our scrapbooks with them and showed them the newspaper clippings. They had no idea. Is that they right? did not know that our coach had resigned. They did not know that the city council and our mayor and the city attorney took a look at whether or not to let them even play. Wow. And uh, it, I think in the show they turned it slowly, turning each page, just soaking it up. But, you know, I, uh, I sat with them. We, we just moved from table to table, and it was absolutely uh, unbelievable. I think the film catches a good bit of the motion of that moment. No doubt. Because we, we have uh, – I would say that um, – We've kind of become joined at the hip. Mm. You know, we shared an experience that only we shared. Nobody else has ever done that. Right. 
And uh, we've been able to go back and see them several times. And uh, when we've gone to some film festivals, both um, Spider Leroy has been and uh, Willie V. Robinson and uh, Reverend Augustine and uh, at several places we've been. And it, when we see each other, it's, it's just tears and hugs. Old friends. That oh, is it, so yeah, awesome, that, Stuart. That's that, the way we're going to get a handle on our racial differences. You're exactly right. You are exactly right. I love the part where you and I believe it's Willie are just sitting down, having a cup of coffee in the diner, talking about life, talking about the game, talking back and forth, dialogue. I think we can all learn from that, Stuart. Yeah, that's that's what I think uh, that it's going to take. There there were seven of them, and then, of course, we we lost – uh, Cleve Daly. Yes, I uh, saw that at oh, the end of the film. Let me tell you, it's a shame that he's not alive. Yeah. Uh, he was just a precious person. Uh, but when we had the premiere here in Orlando, by the way, his son came down, came all the way from Detroit is that to right? participate with us. Yeah, wonderful young man. That That is wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. Well, I think we can all learn from this film because th- there's so much screaming at one another today right there's not enough listening so much screaming if we just sat down like you all did in this film uh and and to to understand one another and to understand where you were coming from back in 1955 you guys really had no idea what was going on in the black communities and and look the, the black communities really didn't have any idea what was going on in the white communities but i think i think we can all learn from this film that if we sit down with one another, hey, we can hammer these things out, yeah. Stuart. Do you recall the, uh, Gary Sheffield is yeah. featured, in, in, and I, I thought one of the most dramatic things that was said, uh, he said, this is just our little drop in the bucket, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a lot of drops to fill that bucket, but that's ours. Yeah. And uh, I, I just thought he expressed that so well because we've had some time together. As a matter of fact, I don't know that uh, – you're aware of this, but we went back up there for a presentation made by the city to the black team. And, uh, the next day we went to the Reverend Augustine's church. Is that right? Yeah, we did. And, uh, was that the church, uh, that's uh same featured one that's in, in, the, in the film? Okay. Same okay. one. And uh, we were welcomed. Uh, those, uh, they sang and preached uh-huh. and prayed. And afterwards, all those folks came and loved on us. That's awesome. It was one of the, it's, it's the kind of experience that we ought to be having all the time. Amen. It's just yep. wonderful. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I tell you what, I and I know I've asked you this off the air, but did you ever think that 1955, right? I mean, 64 years ago, I know the film was made a couple of years ago, whatever it was, 61, 62 mm-hmm. years later, that we'd be talking about a Little League game. Uh, uh, at, 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 and, and a quote-unquote insignificant Little League game back in 1955, in August of 55, here in Orlando, that we've been talking about it here in, in the year 2019 with, with a great documentary film out there on Netflix right now, long time coming. Did you ever think that that would be possible? Scott, I never thought that we'd be talking about that game. I thought we might be talking about the one where I hit a grand slam home run <laughs> right, to right. win the game. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but the, uh, I don't think any of us ever dreamed that it could come to this. What I've, What's meant so much to me is that uh, is to, I had a, a friend of mine call last night. It mm-hmm. must have been about 930. He and his wife had just finished watching it, and I could tell. Uh, they were both emotional, right. both choked up, trying to express what they, and then, and they, their minds went right back to early Orlando and experiences mm-hmm. that they had. 
But uh, said so it was this is awesome, and it's the kind of message that we need to see spread throughout our country. Yeah. Well, again, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I did not yeah. know about it. A and B, there was a point in the film where it illustrated the fact, and 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 I'm embarrassed about this too. I think everybody should be that. I believe it was, and correct me if I'm wrong. Orange County uh, led the state of Florida in terms of lynchings of black yeah. people, and was sixth in the nation. Yeah. In terms of lynchings, That's, I did not uh, know that. That is correct. That's what was uh, in the film. But this uh, area of Orange County and Lake County, mm. uh, Florida, were uh, it was notorious for mm. that. Uh, there's the, a book that I'd suggest everyone look at. Uh, it was called Devil in the Grove, and it is um, one of the best books I've ever read. But it's a horrifying story about four young black men they were accused of raping a white girl in Groveland, Florida. Mm, uh, yeah. it, and it was, they were defended by Thurgood Marshall. But it gives you, a, I think it would give a pretty good overview of what was going on in this era at that time, time that I lived. My parents were here right. and knew nothing right. about it. Right. No one right. knew. Right. Well, I tell you what, Stuart, I am honored that you came in to talk to us today here on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. I, I so enjoyed the film, as I told you, on the air and off. Um it was very emotional for me. The first integrated Little League baseball game taking place here in Orlando in 1955, and you actually participated in that. And by the way, you can catch the film on Netflix right now. Long time coming. Take it from me. It is outstanding. You'll learn a lot about Orlando as well. Stuart, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story, and, and, and hopefully we're all going to be better off for it. Mm-hmm after watching this film. Well, that's thank our you, hope, Scott. I thank you very much for having the interest in uh, getting this on the air out to our friends in Orlando. Thank you so much for your time. Thank it's been you. a pleasure. Yep. Thank you, Stuart. We appreciate that. And Stuart Hall, he participated in that first integrated Little League game in Orlando back in 1955. And again, the documentary, Long Time Coming. Check it out on Netflix. It is part of Orlando's history. All right, 844-225-5580. Text 21232 as we head into Mother's Day weekend. A little over-under to celebrate next ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.